play, you're welcome to come to the altar as well. And, and um, we appreciate the Lord already dealing with hearts. And I appreciate the good song service that we've had this morning. I want you to take your Bibles today, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 10 in your Bibles. Proverbs chapter number 10. And I'm glad that even while my wife and I were away, the Lord was just really, really busy speaking to my heart. And I appreciate her even while we were on a mini vacation of sorts. I appreciate her being understanding and giving me plenty of time just to, to study and, and to try to get a word from the Lord. And I believe I've come with one today for our church. And I was thinking about this throughout the course of the song service. From time to time, I'll bring a message. And uh, there may be some times where you feel like, you know what, that sort of applies a little bit more to this group or that group, but that really doesn't apply specifically to me. Although we know our Bible says that His Word never returns void. And so it doesn't matter what I, you know, what I preach. As long as I preach the Word, it's going to speak to somebody. But I said all of that to say this. This one's going to get us all. I mean, it's going to get us all. And, and so, anyway, when you find your place in Proverbs chapter 10, I want you to stand, if you're able to stand, out of respect for the reading of God's Word. I wish I could read all 32 verses. We won't do that today, but I, but I want you to go back in your devotions, and I want you to read the whole chapter. I've read it many times this week, and it's such a powerful chapter. And we're going to read the first 11 verses or so. Proverbs chapter 10 in your Bibles. And uh, let me encourage you to, to bring your Bibles with you. Proverbs 10 and verse number 1. And, and, and Solomon wanted us to make sure that we knew that this was his writing. And so he says the Proverbs of Solomon. Uh, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit, uh, profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Now notice the next few verses. Verse 6 Solomon says, blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed or blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. And then he says in verse number eight, the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. A prating fool shall fall. What's that mean? Prating, a prating fool. That word prating is the idea of, of borderless. There's no borders. There's no limits. You ever heard somebody say something like this? You never know what he's going to say. He's a loose cannon. You never know what might come out of his mouth. That's what the word prating means. But a prating fool shall fall. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. But he that perverteth his ways shall be known. And then verse 10, the Bible says, He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow. And there it, is, there it is again. But a prating fool shall fall. And then verse 11, the Bible says, The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. But violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. By the way, he says that statement twice as well. 
but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. I want to talk to you a little bit about verse number 11 today. The mouth of the righteous is a well, or the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. A well of life. I started thinking about it this week, and, and God began to speak to my heart. And I want to share a few things with the church that God shared with me. And so you may be seated this morning. And we're going to pray and ask God to help us and lead us. And, and we'll jump right into the Bible study today. Father, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to be back at Calvary today. And wow, it's exciting to be here. It's exciting to feel the great spirit that's here. And Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And Father, already we've, we've, uh, we've observed that. And then Lord, it's just so great to in, enjoy the fellowship of Christian brothers and sisters and the handshakes and the smiles and the kind words and God, we've just so enjoyed that. And now, Lord, the music's been wonderful and I thank you, Lord, for encouraging us <clears throat> through, Lord, the music and the singing and the special that Miss Mandy just sang. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll help us and settle us down as we take just a few moments before we close this service out and try to dig into the Word of God and learn something from this precious book we call the Bible. And so, Spirit of God, I pray that you'd have your way now. Fill us with power. And, and uh, Lord, I pray that you'd flow through us and, and speak through us. And, God, I pray that you'll save that soul that's nearest hell. And I pray that you'll encourage that child of God that's a little discouraged today. And then, Lord, I pray that maybe it could be today that, that there's somebody here today that maybe just needs a little bit of prodding. They need a little conviction. Lord, just to clean this area up or to straighten up in this area or to, to do a little better in this certain area of their life. And so I pray that you'll speak to me and I pray you'll speak to us all. And Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I think we would all do good to realize that our mouth can do one of two things. Our mouth can heal. And I'll get into that a little bit more in detail later on, but our mouth can heal or our mouth can hurt and our mouth can harm. We notice there in Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 11, Solomon says, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Notice the last part. He mentions this phrase twice. He says, but violence, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. I love to do word studies and I looked that up this week and that, that word violence in the Hebrew is a word that means damage. It's the Hebrew word Hamas. We, we hear so much about that. There's a group over in the Middle East called Hamas. And that word means damage. They're a group that's known with doing damage. That's what, they, that's what they're known for. They're known for hurting. They're known, known for bombs. They're known for missiles. They're known for criticism. They're known for slander. And the Bible says that violence covered the mouth of the wicked or damage. Words can heal or words can cause great damage. And so this last, in the last couple weeks or so, I was listening to a pastor that I, I often listen to and he was telling an interesting story. And he said there was a young couple that were coming to him for counseling and prayer and, and a young couple in the church and they, were, they, they wanted to have a baby. They had been trying to have a baby for a long, long time and, and they tried and tried and tried and they just could not get pregnant. 
And this little lady, this little wife, she wanted a baby so bad. And, and so they came to the pastor, and the pastor was trying to counsel with them. And they, they said, Preacher, we want you to pray. And, and they were praying together and counseling together. And, and yet it just seemed like they just, they just couldn't have a child. And so, as some of you know about, they began to seek the help of a, uh, a fertility doctor. And they went to this doctor, and, and, uh, and they began to go to him. And they began to run all kind of tests and all kind of exams and all those kind of things. Well, the doctor had, a, the doctor had a, a tie to the church as well. And one day, the doctor, the fertility doctor, and the pastor were together. And the fertility doctor said to the pastor, he said, you know, by the way, that he said, this couple doesn't have any problems. And the pastor said, excuse me, and he said, we've checked this couple out. And he said, there's not, physically speaking, he said, there's not any reason that this little couple should not be able to have babies. And so the pastor, next time he counseled the couple, he sat them down and, and he began to counsel with them. And he looked at this young couple and he said, what's wrong? And they said, well, preacher, you know what's wrong. We we, we can't have a baby. And he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. He said, what's wrong? And they said, well, preacher, you, you know. And he just kept on digging. And he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about physically. He said, tell me what's wrong. After they went through that process just for a little while, that little mama, that little wannabe mama, her head lowered. And she said, preacher, she said, many years ago, she said, my mom and I got into a battle. And she said, I had done something and I disappointed my mother. And, and she said, we began to share words and those words became very damaging. And, and she said, my mom looked at me and she said, you are cursed. And she said, you will never be a mother. And that pastor began to talk to that little, young little wife and he began to you know, counsel her concerning forgiveness and bitterness and what bitterness can do. And, and he began to tell her how you need to forgive your mom. Your mom shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said what you said. But, but he said, you need to forgive your mother. And he said, you need to get rid of that bitterness and that indifference. And, and then he began to teach her how to pray for her mom. And, and, and little by little, that bitterness that she had began to go out. And, and she began to pray for her mother. And uh, guess what? In a couple of weeks, they came back in, and they came glowing, and they came to the preacher, and they said, preacher, guess what? He said, you're pregnant. Now, I said that to say this, that words can heal, or words can cause great damage. James chapter 3, verse number 5 says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Listen to this. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Some have been watching the news lately, and, and if you watch the news, you notice that Australia had a major problem. In fact, over 18 million acres burned in Australia. In fact, the area that burned was so large, they said it was larger than the, than the uh, countries of Denmark and Belgium put together. So much had burned. In fact, they said this, they said about to, that the fires were so bad that it literally turned night into day and that the air quality measured 11 times the hazardous level. Now I said that to say this, 
Do you know they believe that those 18 million acres that burned, that at least a large part of that was caused by a little spark? A little spark. I believe that, I believe that Solomon knew something about that. Because we notice here in Proverbs chapter 10, we notice that, that, that Solomon makes mention of the mouth at least 12 times in this chapter. We won't go back to read them all, but, but he mentions the mouth in verse 6 and then again in verse number 8 and then again in verse number 10 and 11 and 13 and 14 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 31 and 32. And, uh, but then in verse number 11, he likens the mouth of a righteous person to a well of life. The mouth of a righteous person is a well of life. Now, I want you to think about that, a well of life. Man, I begin to think about that, and God begin to speak to my heart. I want you to notice several things this morning about the passage and about the, uh, this truth this morning. Number one, we notice the digging of the well, the digging of well. We notice that a well is usually very, very deep. That uh, first picture that I had up there was a beautiful picture. I love that picture. And, uh, and I recently had that as my backdrop for this morning. But as I began to put this message together and God began to speak to my heart, I thought, you know what, really, that first picture that I had up there, that beautiful lagoon, is really not an really accurate a picture of a whale. You see, a whale is something like this. And usually a whale has enclosures around it. Usually a whale has a wall around it or some kind of a, a, of a fence around it. And part of that is because usually a whale is very deep and those enclosures are placed around it so nobody just stumbles by one day and falls into the whale because it would be very dangerous to fall into a deep whale. Some of you folks grew up on a whale. We did. And I can remember as a, as a young boy, uh, we, we had a whale at our house. And every once in a while, we had a little problem with the whale, and Dad would have to call somebody. And, and our, our whale had one of these concrete lids on there. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you folks have that. And, uh, and that, that concrete lid was there so you wouldn't fall down into the whale. But every once in a while, we'd have to take that heavy concrete lid, and we'd, we'd pull it off and slide it to the side, and somebody would come out to work on the whale. I can remember... As a young boy, I can remember that, you know, it's amazing how different things, uh, you know, really excite a young man. But, I, but I, as a young boy, I can remember looking down in that well thinking, wow, wow. I mean, that's way, <laughs> that is way down there. I mean, it was way down. I can remember, you know, any of you ever, any of you ever say something into the well trying to get it to echo? And you could, hey, 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 hey. And I used to think, man, that, that whale is, is so deep. How many know that sometimes a whale has to be dug deep to strike good, clean water? We notice the digging of the whale. Now, I said that to say this. How deep do you go before you speak? Are you a surface speaker? Are you a shallow speaker? The first thing that comes to your mind, you speak it. I mean, without any forethought, without breathing a prayer, 
The first little thing that comes to mind, I mean, it's uh, in the mind and right out of the mouth. Someone said this, a careless work may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate and steal. A brutal word may smite and kill. A gracious word may smooth the way. A joyous word may lighten the way. A timely word may lessen stress. A loving word may heal and bless. That's the only, the only thing I'm trying to say is that most often a well is deep. And how many know this? That the Lord Jesus Christ, whenever Jesus spoke, he always went deep. I want to show you what I'm talking about. Would you take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to the book of John with me? John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, we find the story of, of, a, of, a, of a woman that's been taken in the sin of adultery. The Bible says the very act of adultery. Jesus is teaching and and the Bible says that the religious leaders come and they bring this fallen woman and they, they literally cast her down in the presence of the Lord. They couldn't wait till it gets done teaching. They weren't concerned about truth. They were only concerned about trying to snare the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find here some religious leaders who, who are hoping, they're hoping that they're going to lay a trap for Christ and they're hoping that the Lord is just going to utter some careless words. That's what they're hoping for. Look at the story. John chapter 8, verse number 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And here they are, hope, they're hoping for a knee-jerk reaction. But I want to submit today, that's not what they got. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Oh, I love it. The Bible says, but Jesus stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground, and I love, love, love this next statement, as though he heard them not. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you what, you gotta love that. Here's these head honchos, you know, and man, they, they think they're all high and mighty, and, and uh, you know what, they've got the law memorized. They've got the first, book, the first five books of the Bible completely memorized, you know, and, uh, and they bring this lady taken in adultery, and they throw her down in the midst of the Lord, and they said, Lord, Moses said, brought a stone in the law, and what do you say? And the Bible says that Jesus just stooped down and ignored them. He didn't say a word. The Bible says, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger rolled on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. That's all I'm saying this morning, Calvary, that our Lord, which is our perfect example for the Christian life, was very careful when he spoke. He always spoke from a depth. He always waited. He always thought about what he was going to say before he said it. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. 
Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than of him. Ecclesiastes 5, verse number 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. That's all I'm saying. The well is a deep place. And you know what? I think that we would be a whole lot better Christian if before we said things to our wife or our husband or another church member or, uh, or our child or our parent or our supervisor, if we would get to that place where we'd say, wait a minute, before I speak and insert my, my foot, I'm going to stop, I'm going to pray, I'm going to ponder, I'm going to think a little bit, I'm going to go way down deep and make sure that I don't say just the first thing that comes to my mind. We notice the digging of the well. But hold on tight. Number two, we notice the design of the well. The design of the well. What do you mean, preacher? A well is a place designed for refreshing. Now, again, I want you just to think with me this morning, Calvin. People come to a well when they're thirsty. Looking for refreshment. You go back and study some of the wells in the Old, Old, uh, Old Testament and, and the Bible times. Didn't have running water. Didn't have Iowa County water back then. And so you understand that the well, there was usually a, a well, maybe one well for, uh, for one town or maybe that town was blessed with several wells, but probably not very many. And so as you can imagine, that well was usually a very busy place. People were coming early in the morning before the heat of the day and they were drawing water and getting water ready for cooking and getting water ready for baths and getting water ready to, to water the animals. And, and, uh, and people are coming throughout the day and they're, they're, they're coming to that place as they're uh, visiting this place to get its contents because its contents serve as a refreshment. Can I ask a question? Do people come to you to draw refreshment? Or do they come to dump their trash? You understand why people came to a well? Man, they lowered that bucket down in there and they couldn't wait to draw that cool, crisp, cold, refreshing water out. And no doubt sometimes they had cups there. Man, they'd take a drink. And that water was so refreshing. Again, I just I want you to understand, and this is just common sense, but people didn't come to the well to dump their trash. They came to the well to be refreshed. I, I, listen, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Occasionally, I have to visit the dump. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't hang out there any longer than I have to. You know why? It is not a refreshing place. In fact, it smells funny. It stinks. Sometimes the odors there are pretty strong and 
And uh, you know what? If I go to the dump, man, I just go and I, I dump my trash and I get in my truck and I head out. I don't, go to the, I don't go to the dump to hang around. I don't go to the dump to fellowship. I don't go to the dump to have a party. I just go to the dump and do my thing and I'm, and I'm out of there. Wait a minute now, that's all I'm saying. You know what? A well is for refreshing and not a place that we are to dump our trash. I thought about the story in 2 Samuel chapter 23. The Bible says that the Philistines had taken over uh, the little town of Bethlehem. And the Bible says that David and his men were on the outskirts. And here the Philistines are. They, they've got the garrison of the Philistines. They've got Bethlehem pretty much secured. And the Bible says that David's up there and he looks down into Bethlehem. And David remembers something about Bethlehem. You know what he remembers, preacher? A well. And in 2 Samuel chapter 23, Daniel says, oh, that I could just have a drink. <laughs> he said, I remember that well down there in Bethlehem. And he said, man, it, it was cool and refreshing and clear and, and all that I, could, that I could have a drink of the well of Bethlehem. Now, I won't go into that story. That's a different message. But the Bible says that David had some mighty men. And those mighty men break through the garrison of the Philistines and they went down to that well and they got him some water and they brought it back to him. But David longed for the well, the contents of the well. Why? Because the contents were refreshing. Did you know this morning, if you and I are the Christians that we ought to be, now listen what I'm about to say. If you and I are the Christians that we ought to be, people ought to be coming to us on a regular basis. You know why? Because our contents are refreshing. In fact, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to be honest with you. Wake up and hear me out. I believe this. I believe if you are the Christian that you ought to be, I believe that people will fight over your presence. You know why? Because they know it's in your will. Oh, yes. And they know your contents are refreshing and they know your contents are crisp and they know your contents are going to help and they know your contents are going to be a blessing and I submit that they will fight over your presence because they want to get something out of your well. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Listen, there was a lady called the Queen of Sheba. The Bible says she traveled 14 Hundred miles, and this is the day before Cadillacs and Chevrolets and Fords, and I'm talking about the days of horseback and camel. And she traveled fourteen hundred miles. Some scholars say that it took her as long as six months to get where she was, uh, to where Solomon was, and six months to get there, six months to go back home. And you know why she went there? She went there because she knew that Solomon was a well. He was a well of righteousness, and she went there for one reason. She wanted to hear his wisdom. She wanted to hear his words. Oh, listen, that God would use us like that and people would throng to us and come to us because they know that our contents are refreshing. Amen. I'm going I'm to amen myself this morning. Amen. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Colossians 4.6, let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Romans 15, 2, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. 
1 Corinthians 14, 12, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Listen to me, church. If people avoid your contents, there's a problem. If the water you have in your well is not refreshing and people don't come to you to draw, boy, this is good preaching whether we know it or not this morning. If people don't come to you to draw, there's a problem. If people walk by your well to go to another well, there's a problem. You know what I want to be? I want to be a well of righteousness. I want people to be, I I, I want folks to be able to come to me and know that when they come to me, they're going to get refreshment. They're going to get encouragement. They're going to get help. They're going to get. They're going to. They're, they're going to be refreshed. And, and so, anyway, I, I knew I was going to preach this message. I, I knew it was in the fall. God was already dealing with my heart about this early in the week, and throughout the week I was working on it. Well, I, we got back into town. I came to the church Friday to do some work, and I was as I was on my way home, I was just meditating a little bit and thinking. And it was like the Spirit of God in my truck as I was heading home, getting on the interstate. The Holy Spirit said, "Hey, son." There's something you didn't put in the outline. Not verbally, but mentally, I I was like, okay, Lord, what is it? And the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. That unproductive and useless wails were often used to inflict pain and suffering. Did you know back in Bible days that dry wells were used as prisons? Don't believe it? Ask Jeremiah. The Bible says they took the prophet of God and they threw him into a whale. It was an old used up whale. The Bible says that Jeremiah sunk, not in the water, but the muck, in the mire. And they, they, they left those people in those old whales. They left them there. They knew they couldn't climb out. They're too deep. And they left them there to starve And they left them there to die. Have you ever had to listen to someone speak and it was like torture? Everything they said, everything that came out of their mouth was hurtful, damaging, painful, critical. Truth is, you couldn't wait to get away from them. You know know what's going on? There's a useless whale that ought to be used for refreshment, but now has changed purposes. The design has changed. And now it's being used for pain and infliction of suffering. This week, I had someone while we were away, by the way, actually several, this, several times this happened. And I told my wife, we had this conversation. I said, honey, we are not paying attention to that. We're on vacation. And I said, on top of that, me and you both know what's going on. That's absolutely satanic. And that's nothing but the devil trying to get us down, trying to pull us down, trying to distract us away from from one another and 
And, uh, but I had this week, somebody tried to contact me, and, 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 and as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, I thought, I'm not even going to look at it. You know why? Because I know, I know the well. I know the contents. And I never go to that well for refreshment. Amen. Yep. Never do. Now, if I want pain, I go there. If I want suffering, I go to that well. If I want to be inflicted with pain, I go to that well. But I'm going to tell you what, buddy. I don't hang around the county dump or the city dump. I'm going to hang around somewhere where people dump their trash and dump their gossip and dump their, their slander and dump their criticism. Listen, if you want that kind of life, you can have it, my dear friend. But I'm just telling you, you can count me out. I'm not getting involved in that. Listen, I want to be a well that's a well of refreshment when people come around. Amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We notice the digging. We notice the design. But let me give you this last thing. We're going to go. Number three, we notice the destiny of the whale. Boy, this is good, church. Don't miss this. Did you know it's possible for a whale to be healed? Would you take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to the book of Exodus? Exodus chapter 15, now this is going to help somebody, so I hope you'll really, uh, we're about done, but I hope you'll, you'll stay with me right here just for a few minutes. Exodus chapter 15 in your Bibles. I'm going to ask you a question. Is your well a well of refreshment? Or when you speak, do you inflict pain on people? I'm going to ask you a question one time. When you walk in the room, do you brighten the room or darken the room? When you walk in the room, do people say, hey? Or when you walk in there, they're like, oh, here he comes again. Here she comes again. Oh, no. I wonder what they're going to complain about today. Oh, my. Here it comes. Get ready. I wonder what they're going to criticize about today. But we notice the destiny of the whale. And we notice it's possible for a whale to be healed. A whale can, can go from bitter and poisonous to sweet and refreshing. Look at Exodus 15, verse 22. The Bible says, And Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Mar, for they were, what were they? They were bitter. They were poisonous. Bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. Oh, yes. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he, he proved them. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm not so sure that my well's refreshing. You're here today. You say, uh, Preacher, I have a hard time controlling my tongue. 
I often use the wrong kind of words. I say things I shouldn't say. I, I use words I shouldn't uh, use. I, I use slang I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't use. I, uh, sometimes I get mad and I, and I, I just go off on a tangent and I, before I know it, I, I've cursed or before I know it, I, I've said things I shouldn't say or before I know it, I, I've, I've criticized or I've damaged uh, people and, and, and you say, preacher, uh, is there any hope for my well? And I'm glad I can come today and say, yes, yes, there's hope for your well. But it's going to take a tree. And that tree we read about in Exodus chapter 15 is symbolic of another tree. It's a tree called Calvary's tree. Where the precious and darling son of God stretched out between heaven and earth with nails in his hands and nails in his feet shed his precious blood and there he agonized and suffered and died and they put him in a grave but thank God three days later God raised him from the dead. He's a living and a resurrected Savior and that's all I'm saying. If you'll claim that tree, guess what? You can have healing in your will today. You say, Pastor, I, I, I've cursed for so long I, I don't think I could, uh, could do anything. I'm sure you could but it's gonna take a tree. You say, preacher, I've had a critical mind for so long, I don't think I could ever change. Sure you can, but it's going to take a tree. And you're going to have to get your mind on Jesus. Thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Get your mind on the tree. Start talking about the tree. Start listening to preaching about the tree. Start singing songs about the tree. Start listening to music about the tree. And if you'll start thinking about Jesus, 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 I got him on my mind. I'm going to tell you what, the Lord Jesus Christ can heal your well. And by the way, if you don't believe it, there's numerous testimonies around this room right here of people whose wells used to be very much less than refreshing. But one day God saved them. And God made a well that was bitter sweet. And we've got some wells in this room right here that used to be avoided. And there's a few I'm sure right now could say amen. People avoided your well because your well was not refreshing. But all of a sudden, one day, they met Jesus. And that tree got thrown into the well. <laughs> Man. And God took an old, bitter well and made it sweet. Now, I want to show you something real quick. We're done. I want you to notice this morning, since we're right there at Exodus chapter 15, I want you to notice that once the Israelites found a source of really good wells. You know what happened? They camped out. You're in Exodus chapter 15. Look down at verse number 27. We didn't read this verse. The Bible says in verse number 27, and they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees. Look at the last part. And they encamped there by the waters. You know what they said? This is a good place to stay for a while. Hey church, just give me your undivided attention for a second. You know why some churches have a problem with growth? You know why some churches have a problem with their spirit? You know why? There's too many bitter whales. Too many bitter whales in the church. And visitors come in and they're like, let me take a drink of that. I don't think we'll go back to that well. 
You know what I believe? I believe it at Calvary Baptist Church, if we could do our best to fill up this church with wells of righteousness, you know what I believe is going to happen? I believe people are going to come from far and near. You know why? Because they know this place is a place where there is a well that is a refreshing well. So I ask you a question. Is your well refreshing? Or is your well bitter? And if it's bitter, there's help. There's help. But you need to come to the tree today. Would you bow your heads with us all over the house? Father, thank you for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll deal with us about our mouth. Lord, there's not anybody this message didn't get to, including the guy that's preaching. Lord, sometimes if I'm not careful, this thing gets out of hand. Sometimes it says things it shouldn't say. Sometimes it can hurt and harm. Lord, if I don't control it, sometimes bitter water flows out of it. God, I pray today that you'd give us a church full of people that would say, Lord, I want my well sanctified. God, I want my well to be a, a well of refreshing. God, I want people to come to me because they know that they're going to get refreshed. They're going to get encouraged. They're going to get edified. They're going to get helped. Father, I pray you'd have your way in the invitation and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Now our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask a question. Number one is this. How many are here today? You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. And you'd slip your hand up just very quickly. You can take it right back down. Thank you so much. I wonder if there, there might be one here today who would say, Preacher, I'm not born again. I'm not saved. I don't know that I'm going to heaven when I die. But I sure want to. I sure want to. And right now, you just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. I'm not going to come back and embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. And right now, you'd slip up your hand. Very high for me, so I don't miss you. And you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? I see that hand. Is there another right now? You'd slip it up. Say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure about heaven. I'm not sure Christ is my Savior. Would you pray for me? Right now, you'd raise it up real high for me. Real high. Let's all stand around the house this morning. If you will, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. A number of folks are already in the altar. But maybe today, maybe there's some others that need to find their way down to an old-fashioned altar today. You say, Pastor, my well needs some help. Well, thank God we've got some help today, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Why don't you come today? You know what? You know what would probably be a good thing is for some folks to come today and just come down to this altar and say, Lord, today I'm, I'm dedicating my mouth to you. Lord, from now on, I want you to change my words. God, I pray you'd help me to get rid of that critical spirit. God, I pray you'd help my words to be refreshing, encouraging. 
We're going to pause just for a few moments today, whatever it might be. Maybe there's a, a need. Maybe you need salvation. Maybe there's somebody that needs to rededicate their life to Jesus. Maybe someone needs to, you've been saved, but you need to come and make it public today. Or maybe somebody has been saved, but they need to make themselves a candidate for baptism. We're going to be baptizing soon. And you'd say, preacher, I've been saved, but I've never been baptized. I need to be baptized. We're going to encourage you to come. We have personal workers up here. If pastor's busy, there's somebody up here to pray with you. And so while we pause, just for a moment, just for a moment, I want you to come and do business with the Lord. We'll just keep our heads bowed for, for another moment or so. And I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if you need prayer today, if you need help, we're here. You come. While we wait today, you come.